Hi, I'm Rob Jepson, and my mission is to help sales leaders everywhere create record-setting growth in the companies they lead. I'm here to share the secrets of the world's most successful sales leaders. I don't care how big the company or how big the team, we showcase sales leaders who are taking what the market gives and then some. We feature leaders of teams who are beating their markets, winning at crazy rates, and creating life-changing years for the people they lead. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. Video segments of this and other episodes of the podcast can be found at Sales Leadership United, hosted on Patreon. Think of Sales Leadership United like a Home Depot for sales leaders. It's a comprehensive resource for sales leaders with over 100 hours of tools, training, and insights sorted and tagged into every category you might need to help you become an elite sales leader. A private podcast, sales leadership training, sales meeting insights, video insights, and much more are waiting for you to check out at Sales Leadership United. Don't reinvent sales leadership. Tap into proven tools and techniques used by many of today's most successful sales leaders and check out Sales Leadership United today. Now, get ready for some serious insights from this week's sales leader who's making it happen. And remember, don't worry, we got you. Hello, and welcome to the Sales Leadership Podcast, where high-growth sales leaders share high-growth practices and tactics. Today, we have an awesome guest that is making big things happen. Steve Travellini is a Chief Revenue Officer for LinkSquares. Now, the LinkSquares AI solution helps legal teams manage their relationships in ways that fuel collaboration and eliminate manual contact management processes. Under Steve's leadership, the company is having the kind of growth that is turning a lot of heads as they help modernize what's happening in the legal world. Steve has had a long history of leading sales teams of all shapes and sizes. He's built award-winning teams, fueled growth that has led to some really exciting acquisitions and exits, and he's a leader who has developed an impressive list of sales leaders who have been developed under his influence. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. I cannot wait to get started. It's a topic that I'm passionate about. Steve, welcome to our show, and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Rob. This is awesome to be here. Your energy is phenomenal. At LinkSquares, we call that PV&E, pace, volume, and energy, and you have it uh, in large, large quantities. <laughs> yeah, well, if uh, if my if my coaching uh, business goes out of business, maybe you'll give me a job as a rep for you then. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm super excited to have you. I've been following you for a while. Uh, for our listeners, I've been trying to get you on the show for almost two years now, and uh, I'm really glad that we've made it happen. Why don't you start by introducing Link Squares and what you do for your customers to the 45,000 sales leaders that are listening to you right now? Absolutely. So LinkSquare's tech company, software as a service. Uh, we are a fast-growing, hyper-growth uh, legal tech company. We're an AI-powered contract management software, and we're currently selling to in-house legal teams. Love it. How long have you been with them? Four years. My four-year anniversary uh, just just occurred uh, yesterday. Nice. And, and I love- employees. Yeah, we were at 10 employees then. Uh, we had about a half a million dollars in uh, ARR. Uh, and fast forward to today, uh, we're at 360 employees four years later. Um, ARR, wow. uh, well, north, well north of uh, 25 million. Congratulations. I love that you're willing to share a little bit of that. We got a lot of leaders that are now going, okay, I'm interested. So I, I, I can't wait to dive into your, to your blueprint of, of your leadership style that's helped you get here. And you guys have been in the, in the news recently 
I love the announcement of you guys hiring a mental performance coach uh, at the organization. Uh, it just shows that you're an innovative organization that's doing things to equip the people that work there to be successful. And so I'm really excited to, to have you share some of your insights with a pretty big leadership base today. So thank you. Yeah. Um, no, before we get into the stuff I want to talk about, let's talk about you. How'd you get into sales? Like, so I, I, in four years of running this, I'm still looking for the person that said, I always wanted to be in sales when I grew up and uh, still looking for that person. Most of us are accidentally involved and then intentionally successful. How'd you get into sales? How'd that lead you to leadership? And, and then ultimately link, it's link share. It's just kind of a link square. Sorry. At just a real high level. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to be in the NFL. Uh, uh, that was my sport of choice, football. What position? Um, uh, I, was, I was a linebacker. Nice. I, I played in college, uh, a small school for the love of the game, Division II Assumption College, uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. Love it. Um, but yeah, so so growing up, uh, both my parents were in sales. Uh, my mom was uh, uh, and still is in staffing. Uh, so in-house recruiting. So, so, so that's very much a sales position. Mm-hmm. I started my career uh, uh, in recruitment. I still think it's one of the hardest things that you can sell. Uh, the product can say no, uh, even after you found a perfect fit, right? So so uh, it's challenging uh, for all the recruiters or people out there listening, uh, tip, tip of the cap to you. But my my dad's one of six, uh, uh, all, all boys uh, in the family on the Travellini side, every single one of them is in sales. Uh, uh, so I grew up around sellers and I always knew if football didn't work out, uh, uh, what I wanted to do uh, was become a salesman. So Love uh, it. Uh, I actually did think that would probably be my path uh, uh, if football didn't work out. All right. You are in rare air on our show. We've had some really <laughs> great sales leaders like yourself on the show. And you're like one of, I think, two or three that have ever said that was like in the cards. So that, that's yeah. cool. So it's in your DNA, man. It's in the blood. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It, it totally is. Okay, well, that's that's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So let, let's dive into it. We're going to run out of time fast. We always do with guys on, on this show. And 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 I want to spend as much time as we can on this because this is a topic that I, I think we're going to take an angle on it that we haven't taken in the show history. We've talked a lot about coaching. We've talked a lot about the role of a sales leader. We've talked a lot about development of people. But a couple of years ago, or maybe a year and a half ago, you made a post on LinkedIn that that's kind of stopped me in my tracks and I'm going to misquote you. So I'll, I'll give you the chance to quote yourself. Okay. But I want to set the stage for our listeners. Cause I think they're going to like it the way I liked it. You said that something to the effect that with the current team that you have right now, your mission is to create 20 CROs out of the current sales team you had now, or something along that line. We, we, yeah. Can we go back and revisit that? You can give me like the right context and, and the right quote. So I, I don't misquote you. Yeah. So, so uh, 20 VPs of sales, and or like CROs, right? So, right. so uh, uh, when I post on LinkedIn, Rob, uh, my number one motivation uh, as I started to put myself out there, I was a little bit uncomfortable at first, was recruiting. Uh, it's challenging uh, uh, to find uh, uh, hires, the right types of hires. Uh, and the tonality that I like to use uh, uh, is one that would have appealed to me as an account executive or a BDR out there looking uh, on LinkedIn for my next gig. Um, I was always ambitious, hungry, motivated, uh, ready to work hard. But the thing that I wanted most from the companies that I was going to uh, work at uh, uh, are folks that are just as excited and interested about teaching me, bringing me up, bringing me along, helping me get to the next level fast. Um, so so uh, what appealed to you is exactly what would have appealed to me. Uh, and it works. I get a lot of uh, uh, candidates uh, through LinkedIn now. Awesome. 
But I would also argue that you probably can write something like that because you back it up. Talk's cheap. I, I, I would imagine you're not just trying to like reel people in that are ambitious only to have them find out that it's bullshit and there is no development happening here. I'm going to guess you probably really do have this role in your mind that I'm going to develop people that are going to be future leaders. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Internal promotion is one of the most important things that we're focused on. Of our eight sales managers, seven were promoted internally from account executives. Wow. Uh, in, in July, we promoted a quarter of the organization, um, 140 people in revenue and 25% and got a promotion of some level. So it's not always to the management seat off the desk, but at different tiers. Constant progression and career mapping uh, uh, is something that people are looking for, and, and I do believe in it. Um, I was uh, incredibly fortunate and lucky to work uh, inside of organizations that believed in the same thing. One of my early mentors, a guy by the name of Chris Essler, uh, he pitched me on a similar vision, right? And a lot of friends uh, uh, and family even cautioned me against uh, uh, kind of the big dream and the big words that he was uh, uh, preaching at that point in time, but he followed through and it made a huge impact on me, my personal life and and uh, uh, my career. Um, and that's that's really uh, uh, what I'm focused on now, where I get fulfillment uh, is trying to help people do the same thing that I was fortunate enough to experience, right? Um, and, you know, Chris always said, if you're willing to put in the work, you know, I'm willing to do the same to help you get to where you want to go. And that's, that's a really special thing to be able to do now from, from this side of the seat. I really like how you finished what you just said. I want to sit on that for a minute, if you don't mind. You said you get this fulfillment that comes when you do that. that that's a really important word, like fulfillment. I don't think we talk about fulfillment enough in sales. There's so much pressure associated with sales. And, you know, one of the reasons I started this show four years ago is, is I love sales. I'm grateful to the profession, but I also think sales leadership is, there's not a lot of resources around it. And I, I wanted to bring outstanding sales leaders like you forward to the rest of the world because sometimes it's hard to find the good ones because there's a lot of pretenders. We're in a world where a lot of people think I'm a expert at this, even though I've never even done the freaking job, right? And for, for those people that will be watching the video of this on Sales Leadership United, Steve's got a good big smile on his face because I can see you're relating to what I just said, yeah. right? Um, fulfillment. I, 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 I see lots of words about you know achievement. I see lots of words about you know accomplishment. But I don't know if we talk about fulfillment enough. Uh, why? Can we sit in that for a minute? Like, what do yeah. you think the role is of a sales leader? If developing people gives you that fulfillment, where does development of people fall in the role of a sales leader in your mind? I think it is the role. Uh, uh, Let's absolutely. go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think it is the role. Um, so as a seller, and I always try to put myself back in those shoes. I try to always think about the job that I'm doing every single day from, from the different eyes that I once possessed. And what I mean by that, it's a little abstract. It's like, when I was a BDR, how did I think about the world? When I was an AE, how did I think about the world? And I was a first-time manager, a little bit more seasoned manager, sales director, VP of sales, uh, and now CRO. It's, how did all of those different personalities and those different timelines uh, uh, think about uh, uh, the job and what they were doing and what would appeal to them. So I try and keep uh, uh, that uh, uh, in mind. So flashing back to the fulfillment and, and, and where that comes from, as an account executive, 
it was incredibly fulfilling to work so hard and have so much inspiration and motivation from the folks that were around me uh, at the time and the coaching and the teaching and the learning, all of that and, and the war stories that kind of come with missing a, a quarter and then bouncing back and, and yeah. finally being able to save, a, save enough money to buy an engagement ring or to buy that first condo. Those, those were moments that made me cry personally because I was just worked so hard for it, finally got there. Uh, now, when I see people on my teams have those same life experiences, the same payback, the same emotional reaction to their efforts, to me, that's the best thing that I could ever ask for. It's more its more rewarding than any commission check, uh, uh, equity grant, salary raise, you name it. When I see a rep uh, uh, coming up and not just developing the skill sets, uh, but the resilience and the ability to like put their own food on their table and to change their life for their own families and for themselves, for their future, possessing a skill set that will far outlast what happens at Link Squares. To me, that is fulfilling. It's so rewarding. Uh, and knowing that um, they're going to go forward, having experienced what I've experienced from my mentors who did the same for me and feel how good it feels themselves uh, 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 to then pass it on. Uh, to me, I think that's the legacy of any great sales leader uh, uh, is the ability to train, develop people so that they can do the same with others and instill in them that like, you know, authentic, meaningful, benevolent qualities that are like, it's about helping the next group get there. Um, that's, that's what I'm passionate about. And, and, and that's what I mean when I say fulfillment. So you gave me a great compliment saying that I had good energy when we started. I want to return that compliment to you. As soon as we start talking about fulfillment and this role, you 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 lit up, man. And again, for those that see the video in Sales Leadership United, like, man, you're on fire right now. And I love it. So why do you think, why do you think that, that what you just shared with me, I, listen, I work with sales leaders all around the world. I work with a lot of them, big companies, you know, fun, you know, high growth, smaller companies, everything in between. And Quite often, people think the role is, I got to hit a number. They get on the accomplishments. I have three words, three roles. I believe that role one is development, role two is environment, role three is accomplishment. I think those are our roles as sales leaders. And I think you and me can connect on that development because I just watched you light up. I feel like most sales leaders, whether they're senior sales leaders, and especially if they're a younger sales leader, they get hung up on accomplishment. My role is accomplishment. Any thoughts on why we get hung up on that one and we forget about the development one sometimes? Because I think it happens a lot. Yeah, I think I think it's easy when when you start to make money um, to and you start to get some influence and some power inside of the companies that you're at. Um, it's easy to forget who you were, uh, as I alluded mm. to earlier, when you were that BDR, or the AE. And I think it's a it's a it's a, a massively important grounding exercise to not forget who you were at the different stages of your own career. Um, I haven't met a CRO uh, who started there, right? Um, yeah. so <laughs> it's yeah. important to remember all of the valuable uh, influences and role models that you had along the way. Um, and what was valuable to you at that point in time. It's a part of the job, right? Like that's a part of the job. Uh, um, I don't really think about accomplishment uh, uh, that much at all. Um, I'm thinking about uh, how do we win uh, the next year, the next season, the next game. I love uh, it. Yeah. And uh, we're very much focused on that, the tactical process oriented, strategic uh, changes. Uh, uh, how are we going to evolve and grow 
uh, uh, as a team so that we're worthy to be in the seat a year from now. Um, so, so I think about the development of uh, individuals and I get the fulfillment out of that personally, um, but I get an intellectual fulfillment um, from the challenge of evolving to become the CRO of a 400 person company, which is a very different job of a CRO from a 100 person company. And many people don't flex the different stages. Um, uh, if you're focused on accomplishment, you're not focused on the evolution of your skill set to get to the next stage and still be worthy to be that leader. So I'm focused on evolution and the people and helping them evolve to do the same because they need to grow into bigger shoes. Oftentimes the ones that you're going to step out of to step into who you need to become. Um, so, uh, not a lot of time for the accomplishment piece. Well, I love that because I think when you get hung up on the accomplishment things, you you get you don't see the forest because of the tree in front of your face, right? Um, and, and you make short-term decisions that might bite you long-term in the ability. I love how you use involvement, it, it, this evolution concept. Um, you're the first person that's like really talked about that when we talk about this. And so you're a football yeah. guy. I want to go to a, a metaphor that you made me think of right now. I hope it's okay. Um, yeah, sure. Like the, the, the most consistent form of negative feedback I get personally is I do too many sports metaphors, but I guess our listeners got to deal with it this time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, when I work with sales leaders, a lot of times when we are talking about this, I like to talk about the concept of the coaching tree and a lot of NFL coaches are evaluated on how good they're creating other coaches that win. Right. That's right. And, and if you do a Google search, you can find a lot of, you can find Andy Reid's coaching tree and Belichick's coaching tree and all these people's. But the coaching tree that stands out the most to me is Bill Walsh's coaching tree. And um, his coaching tree is epic. In fact, both people in the last Super Bowl are in his coaching tree. And yeah. uh, and they played against each other. It's the ultimate it's, compliment. 100%. So, like, I want to talk about that a little bit. I, I think if more leaders, like, we're thinking about the development of their coaching tree. Like, am I developing leaders? Am I helping them evolve and become? Because sometimes people say, I don't want them. I don't want them to leave. I, I need them to stay on my team. But but yeah. this this idea of evolving means I know I'm going to have you move on and go somewhere. I know you're going to have that happen, and that's okay. Any, any thoughts of yourself about what the coaching tree means inside of sales leadership instead of football leadership? Yeah, I think it's really important. So so I try I try to express uh, uh, to to people that are with me here and now right? That are, that are actually receiving coaching, training, teachings, whatever I have to offer, I'm trying to give it. But I always put the caveat out there that you're going to do it better, right? You need to aspire to do it better. You need so to look good. at, you need to look at like what I'm doing and understand that some of it, you're going to throw away at the next company uh, or at the next stage of your journey, because you're going to find the new thing that works, Right. So, so uh, another thing that I'm always saying to all of the folks on my teams is like, I just don't care about being right. I only care about finding what works. Right. So come to me with your ideas, come to me with the things that we need to improve on. And I think that like, that's the spirit uh, uh, that if you instill it and you show them how, how effective it is, uh, um, they will, they will take a lot of the value, uh, uh, you know, from what, has been passed on to you from prior coaches and the coaching tree. They'll continue uh, with a lot of those frameworks, but they're going to have the mindset that's most productive in the future coaching tree, which is evolution. Again, going back to that, 
going back to that word, uh, how am I going to bring the playbook, so to speak, to, to buy into the sports metaphors forward, right? Um, how am I going to, to analyze the game independently? Like, did you teach them the mindset of a coach that's going to look at this year, this game, this season, independently of the past two decades of learnings, right? Not abandon the framework, but have you taught them that it's about finding the next Thing. It's about evolving as a leader and allowing the folks in your team to contribute, to have authorship. Those are the coaches that win. Those are the sales leaders that win. Um, so we're really focused on, on transferring that knowledge uh, 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 to our teams as well. That must be intoxicating. I can see why that attracts people because your mission, I can feel it, man, is I love that statement. That statement might end up being the title of our episode. I I don't care about being right. I only care about finding what works. What yeah. a great attitude, right? I have, I have these 21 laws of leadership and law three is that leaders on pedestals make easy targets. And too many people are pedestal leaders. We're like, I know what to do. Like do it yeah. my way. Right? That, that just brings out the torches and the pitchforks and people rush the castle and want to take you down. So I love that you're creating this environment. That's what I'm thinking of now as I listen to you, you're creating an environment of evolution, almost like, your own laboratory, it feels like. Is How important is environment to your success as a leader? It's everything. <laughs> Again, right. the environment, the environment uh, uh, is, is really important. Uh, uh, you know, high growth business, innovation is almost synonymous when you think about the technology. Uh, uh, it has to be so on the go-to-market side of the house, right? And, uh, you know, being hands-on with the team and, and working on, um, you know, the evolution of the pitch of the demo of the product itself, the roadmap, all of it uh, across the business is key. Um, so uh, uh, that that uh, environment of innovation uh, uh, is is so critical to the success of of any, you know, startup. So one of the things that that makes me wonder then is one of the one of the hallmarks of leaders who create high growth and you most certainly have created high growth. And that's why I love where I'm going to go with this. <clears throat> One of the things that the great leaders often are pretty good at is they're good at identifying, here's what good looks like. We make sure we know what good looks like uh, across the board. And, and that's been studied many times. Recent study came out that showed that the elite company sales organizations of the world, that was one of the 12 things that they do that the average companies don't do is they're good at what good looks like. But with the idea that we're always evolving and we're always changing, how do you balance like what good looks like now and, and making sure that we're the first to figure out what good looks like in the future? Is that is that a is that something you think about? Yeah, all the time. <laughs> OK, uh, 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 all, yeah, all the time. Uh, uh, you know, uh, there's there's a ton of great um, uh, uh, published, you know, VC benchmarking across many portfolio companies at different stages. And, and at LinkSquare, it's not just in the go-to-market organization, but more broadly at the executive team level, we're always thinking about like, what are the core metrics of the Series D company uh, after that stage? Or, you know, as a seed stage, we're thinking about A and B and how are we going to have to evolve on paper uh, to continue to be like a really interesting organization? Uh, uh, you know, like how, how do we stay best in class? Like we want to be top quartile in everything, right? And I love and, it. And top quartile is very different uh, from the C to the D or or beyond, right? Or from the A to the B or C to the A, blah blah blah. It just it just keeps going. So we look at the benchmarks as what they are to uh, 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 
for tomorrow, a year out for the next fundraise. We look at those and we say, okay, how do we get there? And then we think, you know, operationally and, and, and at a process and product level and, and pricing and packaging and hiring and all of it, how do we get there? What do we have to change to improve this thing? Uh, um, so, so, so we're always doing that. It's, it, it's constant. And so does that, if you're going to wrote that statement down, we want to be top quartile on everything. I love that. I love that. And so if you're going to be top quartile today, then that means you're going to have to keep evolving if you're going to stay there. Right. Yeah. And, and so I love that. So what does that do that you've already talked about that a little bit in the environment you've created this environment where we know we are top quartile at everything now. And our mission is to stay in first place. And that means we're always growing. We're always changing. I could see how that attracts a very unique kind of person, which must be awesome to be surrounded by lots of those kinds of people. Right. What does standards have to do with that? So like, if we're going to always be top quartile, I found that if we're going to grow, if we're going to evolve, we got to become, that means we're always changing our standard. Our standard was here. Now we're going to put it here. Now we're going to put it here. Like how intentional are you with standards? Is that something that you talk about? Uh, to a degree, uh, 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 I think I think we talk about uh, the business goals at, uh, at a metric level, what we're trying to achieve, and it's massively useful for prioritization. Uh, uh, there's only so much that any company can do in a given year. That's why I ask that. Yeah. 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 If you're top quartile here and you're top quartile there, you know, what's the unified strategy across all departments going to be to improve this and improve that so that we're aces across the board. Our CEO, Vishal, is always really focused on on, on leading uh, uh, that way. Um, within sales, we talk about the bar, uh, uh, you know, what is the middle 50% of, of the entire sales organization look like? And we're always trying to ensure that we're hiring someone that at least meets the 50% uh, uh, criteria or above uh, to make sure that we're doing uh, uh, our existing employees, uh, uh, you know, a solid by bringing in people who are just as good as as the average, if not better, to raise up, uh, 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 you know, the average, uh, so you know, better people to learn from, all that good stuff. So we're thinking about it. We're thinking about it all the time. So let's go into how you coach. Then I, I'm I'm fascinated with this environment you've built and the kind of people you have. And I'm a I'm a fan. It's like the this is one of my favorite conversations I've had on our show. I, I just, I love everything about what you're doing so far, man. So when you're coaching, I imagine you have for, as a chief revenue officer, you got a lot of leaders that, that work with you and they're the ones who are coaching your frontline people, your sales yeah. reps. That's uh, for me, coaching always starts with enrollment. Like how do I get the the reps to buy in to say, this is what I'm chasing or this, I'm, I'm, I buy off on my leader coaching me. And, and, and I'm choosing growth. I'm choosing improvement. My definition of being elite is making that choice to have not have talent be my ceiling. I want to choose growth. I want to outgrow my talent. Everybody has talent. It's a God-given thing. You're, you're blessed with it. You're born with it. How do you choose to outgrow talent? That, to me, that's what coaching is about. And um, any thoughts you can share with our listeners on tips that you have on how do you get people to enroll inside of coaching? And so coaching isn't about a review of the past, but instead it's a, a look into the future on this evolution of becoming, because I'm going to guess you probably have a coaching culture if your culture is about evolving and becoming. Absolutely. Any, any yeah. thoughts on enrolling and getting buy-in and, and, and what we sign up for in Chase? Totally. There is no uh, uh, individual who manages other people at a leadership level in the revenue organization who I wouldn't work for personally. That's where, that's where it begins. Uh, uh, you need to have folks that 
um, are inspirational, motivational, hard, you know, hardworking, humble people that like get the job. They understand the job and they, and they buy into what we were talking about earlier, which is bringing people up. Um, I think the authenticity uh, of a leader's uh, desire to bring you up, help you learn the skill set to be promoted, uh, uh, to grow, um, is the most uh, uh, attractive and and mag uh, magnetizing uh, attribute that a leader can have to encourage buy-in. This person wants me to become great, not this person wants me to produce results that will reflect greatly upon them. Right? That's a huge fundamental difference, and um, you know, I think I think that's that's core to to how we're getting it uh, uh, to happen organically internally. So I want to sit in that for a second because that teeter-totter of, yeah, we do. Link Squares needs us to perform so we can get that next fundraiser, so we can fuel the growth. Listen, our role is to fuel the growth of Link Squares. That's our role, man. We, we got to fuel the growth of the company. That's why accomplishment always shows up. We've got to accomplish our goals. We gotta, we've got to find ways to get deals done. Uh, but on the flip side, we aren't going to say, I just need you to hit this. So me as and my team or Link Squares is going to hit our goal so we can get that go from series A to series B or series C to series D, whatever, wherever you are, right? Yeah. I'm going to lean heavier on this teeter-totter on, we want sign up for growth improvement in ways that if done right, we're going to know that's right is because those results are going to come. And I believe this is me again from the book of Rob. I can't wait to hear what you think, how we compare notes. To me, once I have once I have chosen, I've made my mindset on what I'm going to become, like what I'm chasing. That's the word I always use. What am I chasing? I think people should be chasing. I don't think they should be working. I think they should be chasing. And it's not semantics, dude. Chasing is different than working. Totally different. <laughs> once you've made that commitment to chase and we have a we have you like chasing, then the rest of the world just becomes feedback. Wins are only feedback. Losses are only feedback. That's all it is. Doesn't change what I'm chasing. It's just feedback on how I'm doing. I'd love your thoughts on, on that teeter totter kind of concept. Yeah, I, th I, I love that perspective. Okay, uh, uh, I, I think that that you know that's that's a that's a perspective I wish everyone had, right? Um, I think that there's a whole population of of folks in the workforce, unfortunately, who have never felt the internal fire of chasing something that really just like lights you up head, head to toe, um, where your heart is fully into it and you're so focused on it and having fun, but at the same time, kind of like wrapped up in this thing that's bigger than yourself. Um, you know, having something that you truly aspire to achieve professionally, uh, in ways that almost everybody can relate to uh, at some point in their personal life, right? Someone wanted to be a great uh, musician, and they were in the garage band to get off athletics for a hot second. All right, let's um, do it. They just and they just believed, you know, somewhere somehow they could get up in front of the crowd and and play something beautiful that would move uh, a stadium or something like that. That kind of like childlike wonder that uh, uh, it's just fun, and 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 you find that excitement. Uh, and enjoyment in just practicing because maybe if you just keep at it, you'll get there. Um, reframing to today, um, uh, uh, I think when you have that motivation and you're chasing something to your point, it's very similar to, to those types of uh, adolescent uh, dreams where uh, for whatever reason, you're aligned and pushing toward 
this big professional goal. And if you're fortunate enough to find something like that, um, or a culture or a leader who uh, you know can inspire you to feel that way, that's how I felt when I worked with Chris. Uh, it kind of lit me on fire. I was like, wow, it feels yeah. like football. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah, you know, and and and, and it was just so uh, uh, incredibly motivating, uh, uh, and I loved it. And I feel it. That's one of the things I love about our conversations. I, I I don't hear you. I feel what you're saying, and that that's something you can't fake. And so I want to sit in that for a minute too. I can't believe we're down to our last ten minutes of this conversation. I'm I'm kind of pissed. We're gonna to have to get you back next year sometime. <laughs> sure. um, um, so you got like you said, you started at the organization in four years, you've had tremendous growth. Now you have leaders that report to you and they lead your reps. Yeah. I know, I, I know already, I know you in the, in this last hour, well, enough to know you, you probably have good system and structure around how we sell and the experiences we create for our customers. I'm, I'm I'd be willing to bet a paycheck that that already is in place at LinkSquares. Okay. Uh, and my question is, have you done the same thing for your leaders? Like, have you created structure and what coaching looks like and what experiences you want to create for your reps? Because that's something that I think a lot of our leaders would benefit from. There's a lot of people that say, it's hard for me to tell you what good coaching is, but I know it when I see it. I think that whole, I know it when I see it thing is, is bullshit. And are you like, what are you doing to help your leaders create those kind of light you on fire experiences? Do you have structure to your coaching or do you give them autonomy? Like what's your approach to helping create consistent coaching experiences inside your organization? Consistency across all teams. Okay. Uh, uh, first answer. We all run things very similarly. Um, if if someone's going to forecast differently than the rest of the team at like a management level, uh, uh, we're totally cool with that. But why? Is it better? Are we going to be able to improve all of our forecasting across all teams? So we try and keep things very much uh, uh, systematic um, uh, across uh, all of the different managers. Uh, uh, right now we have uh, seven, uh, uh, actually eight within sales and uh, a whole bunch on the customer success side um, and consistency across those uh, uh, leaders is, is paramount to our success. Consistent frameworks, consistent rituals, meetings, trainings, uh, 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 all of it uh, uh, is unified. Uh, and when we make changes and we, and we do frequently, we make them together. Uh, uh, That's really time. awesome. So you make those, is, is that based on like, hey, this has been working. Here's something. Again, it's that same thing. I don't care. I don't care about being right. I just care about finding out what the right answer is. Now you apply that to leadership systems as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it, I, I, I hate when people think competitively uh, uh, at a manager level <laughs> about their peers, like we're uh, trying to win a big game. And if you blow out uh, uh, the other team, like, you know, you're the East Coast manager and the West Coast manager, uh, uh, you beat them by 40%. I have no interest in working with people that view that as a big victory. Right. Um, I'm interested in all of us sharing as much information and as much tactical knowledge as humanly possible so we can all maximize our output. And if that means that you're 40% ahead of the other territory, that's what it means. But as long as it's uh, at, upon inspection, not because there's a huge divergence in important tactical uh, operational uh, uh, processes that one uh, director, for example, or manager implemented that the others just didn't even know about that could have helped everybody else. I view that as a failure. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm trying to always make sure that 
our leadership team, when they come to me with a great idea and they do all the time, I say, hey, have you talked to so-and-so about that yet? Make sure that when you roll it out, they're rolling it out too and that everyone's aligned as we're doing this so that everybody gets the benefit. Um, we try our best uh, uh, to make sure that that uh, is the management uh, philosophy. Uh, uh, you know, so. Love it. Not go too long there. I mean, I mean, that's so important to me. Oh, I can feel that too. I, I, I'm really impressed with this organization and this environment and this approach to, you know, this common good, this, this common growth, we're all in it together. It's, it's rare. I, I, I'm around a lot of organizations. What I'm experiencing and feeling through is rare. It's super cool. I, I, I commend you on what you've, Thanks, what you've built. I have one more thought and then we'll start wrapping it up. So you, 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 you attract all these ambitious people that are coming because you're going to develop them. They're excited about the developmental opportunities and the mentorship they're going to get. Do you ever find that you have people that their timetable is different than yours, that they're like, I want more now, you know, I, I want it to happen faster. Is there such a thing as too fast and, and like getting your timing and their timing to line up? I, I, I'm really interested in your perspective on, 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 on that and how you manage that. Yes, uh, uh, inherently, uh, uh, the people that we do hire always want more too fast. Okay. Uh, um, that's a good thing. That's a really good, like healthy thing. And it's making sure that we coach them and we're giving them as much insight and transparency as humanly possible about what they need to do to truly be ready. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, and we oftentimes promote people before they're fully, truly ready. I mean, it's such a subjective scale when someone's ready. Uh, 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 but, but we continuously try and promote, uh, have multiple steps along the way in the career path. So it's not a binary, yes, I'm ready to manage or not, you know, right. you're going through an AE to senior AE team lead kind of like progression. You're learning different skill sets responsible for different items along the path and having consistency. Uh, uh, to the best of your ability and why you promote and when you promote and how you promote, I think, again, brings structure to something that can be very emotional for a lot of people. So if you, if you, if you help corral that awesome emotion, that, that passion, that fire to get ahead, and you tie it to uh, a, a very logical, pragmatic, uh, 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 you know, time capped type of approach, uh, uh, you get uh, uh, less uh, uh, thrash and you get more productive uh, uh, horsepower out of it. So I love that you said that because earlier in our conversation, you talked about um, constant progression, but also career planning. And so like, does career planning help temper, not temper, help, it probably can fuel the enthusiasm. So they see this well-lit pathway. So they don't wonder when, 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 and in fact, I've found that there's like, I've had a lot of success saying, you know, Steve, you know, here's the plan, here's the path. And I want for you, I want what took me three years, you to do in a year and a half. That's, that's what I hope we can do. I, I hope what, what took me four years, you're done in two. Okay. And, and I, cause I think it sets expectations and it also has this feeling of, wow, I'm, I'm on a fast track kind of thing. Yeah. And, and so that's kind of one of the tactics I use on that. It, it, when you say career planning, is that something else you guys do institutionally? Like when you're working with your leaders, we're working, here's what good looks like in terms of career planning, because yeah. lack of career planning has often been shown even recently as a reason to leave a company that I don't have clarity on what that looks like. I think it's a good way for us to finish and then we'll wrap this thing up. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, totally. We promote every quarter. So every, wow. quarter, every quarter you're eligible to be promoted. 
And it's tied oftentimes, especially at the individual contributor level, to performance. Okay, so there's objective uh, 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 data points that if you hit them, you will receive a promotion and a pay raise at the next quarter. And wow. that is that is set in stone. That's just the way that it is. There is no uh, uh, qualitative, but like I didn't like the way that you dressed one day. You're not going to get promoted. If you do the job, you will get promoted. And if you don't get promoted, you can next quarter, right? I think it's like the consistency uh, uh, to it, right? And then you start to get into like more the manager director levels where it gets a little bit, you know, tied to the overall growth of the organization. And like that timing can be harder to plan perfectly, but at least uh, 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 in the, uh, uh, you know, earlier cycles, you can deliver consistent promotional experiences for folks where they feel like they're moving forward in their career through title uh, and pay. Um, and uh, with promotions come uh, uh, larger quotas too. So it's good for the business uh, uh, to have our best people uh, 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 being uh, paid more, taking on a larger uh, uh, piece of the goal. And uh, uh, we try our best to to you know put our money where our mouth is, which is the 25% of the entire uh, revenue or organization that received promotions. Uh, which spans far further than quota carriers and sales and, and customer success uh, uh, into other roles. Um, so we're trying to to not just talk about it, but be about it and um, promote as many people as we can um, when we can. This has been awesome. The time flew by. I hope it was fast for you. I, I know our listeners are like, dang, I can't believe that we're we're run up on it. I always like to finish with three quick questions. Top of mind. I want just your gut, not a lot of depth on it. You ready? Rapid fire. Sure. <laughs> okay. Biggest sales leadership challenge you see right now and, and how do you beat it? Uh, pricing and packaging, uh, trying to find the, the, the sweet balance between winning new deals and uh, uh, setting the company up for long-term net retention and expansion. It's a good one. Really good one. Uh, second one, you're you're a high growth company. You're building teams. You're, you're hiring people. When you're building a team and trying to attract those ambitious people who want to be promoted, do you have a like a go to interview question or topic that you look for? Is there like a characteristic that you want to find? And and when you ask that question or you're looking for that that characteristic, how do you do it? And what are you really looking for? Uh, the most important thing that we're always looking for for every hire is someone that's an energy giver, not an energy taker. Uh, people okay. that are going to add to the positive momentum of the room, not take away from it. And there's a whole slew of of, of questions, including uh, uh, the general uh, uh, PV&E, which you have a lot of, Rob, which I open with, uh, uh, that help us see that. Uh, adversity, uh, questions around uh, uh, adversity are important to us. How do people react when they face tough challenges? Because as we know, sales is one of the hardest jobs that you can take on. So we try and look for the parallels in other areas of their lives, uh, 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 whether uh, uh, you know, it's personal or professional. So love it. Last one. The great leaders quite often are, are readers because they, they don't stop growing. We we've learned like what you said, it, it's about evolving and becoming, and, and you don't stop. And I don't care if it's a book that you read or an audible that you listen to. And I also don't care if it's maybe something bite-sized chunks, like a podcast or a blog. Is there like one thing that you would suggest to our listeners that you ought to add to your like list of things you consume to help fuel your leadership growth and journey? I think it's different for everybody on every stage and, and what you're facing. I'm always seeking out uh, uh, not just like great reading materials uh, uh, to the you know, biggest challenge right now is like trying to figure out a balance 
pricing and packaging with net retention. Uh, yep. Nobody, nobody's done that better than Snowflake, right? 170% net retention. It's like incredible earnings calls left and right. So I'm reading Amp It Up uh, by Frank Slootman. He's the CEO of Snowflake, right? I'm just trying to like garner a little bit maybe of that wisdom, get into his head a little bit. Um, but I'm notorious for cold calling and reaching out to people who are at the next stage of where I want to go. Um, uh, when I was starting at Link Squares, I reached out to the CRO at the time of Drift, Josh Allen, another yeah. Boston-based guy. Josh and I have formed a great relationship. Not only has he done our sales kickoff, but we've stayed in touch and traded notes. That was big. Kyle York. Uh, uh, he's on what I call the Mount Rushmore of, of tech sales, a leader that took a company from 1 million or sub 1 million all the way past 100 million as the top sales leader in an organization. Uh, very few people have done that. Mark Roberts is another one of them. Uh, uh, but like Kyle York, I heard him on uh, David Cancel's podcast and I just cold reached out. Now he's uh, uh, an advisor and coach of mine. Uh, um, and now I'm thinking about building a, uh, you know, IPO ready organization, which is a bit down the road. I have to get into the mindset of those people. So asking people around town, who's the best at that? And, you know, Kara Gilbert, who helped uh, get Rapid7 ready uh, uh, for that stage is someone who I cold reached out to through an introduction, found my way in there. So I think I think you need to be uh, 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 proactive about seeking the mentorship that you want at the next level, the people that have seen it, that have lived it. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm incredibly bullish on that. And I've personally seen a lot of returns uh, 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 in my career by doing that. I love that. We could have had a, a, if all we had you say was what you just said there, that's gold, man. You know, <laughs> I love how you're, how intentional you are with your personal success. Listen, we're out of time. You've given great thoughts to a lot of people around the world. How do they get more of you? How do people connect to you? How do they pick up what you're putting down? How do they learn more about, about your organization at Link Squares? How, how do they do all of that? Find me on LinkedIn. That's the easiest way to get in touch. Uh, I'm on there. I'm, I'm always hustling, trying, trying to uh, get my message out to the world to, to find uh, new hires. So if you're interested uh, uh, in sales, reach out to us. Uh, uh, if you're interested, just generally to learn more about my career path, or if you want to bounce something off of me, uh, uh, I've been known to just set up a half hour with complete strangers just to shoot the uh, uh, yeah, SHIT. Uh, because Kyle and other people have done that for me. So so if you're looking for help or, or some guidance, I'm happy to uh, give you some time. Take him up on it. Uh, Why not? Take him up on it. <laughs> Kyle, I'm telling you, Steve, thank you so much. His name is Steve Travellini. He is the yep. CRO at one of the hottest, fast-growing tech companies right now in Link Squares, uh, turning heads everywhere he goes. It's no secret why now. Uh, he's, he's helping create what, the future tech leaders, the future sales leaders all around the world with what he's doing there. And if we can adopt his idea of what role is, that development is the role, right? If we can do that, then you're going to have similar success as well. So, Steve, thank you for joining me. And as I say to everybody, happy selling. Thanks, Rob. Happy selling. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another So What portion of the Sales Leadership Podcast, where we break down that interview and we ask ourselves, why did that conversation even matter? But first, this podcast is brought to you by Sales Leadership United, part of the Jepson Performance Group. 
our job as sales leaders is hard. And I mean really hard. And there aren't a lot of resources for sales leaders to turn to. The fact is that most companies that spent millions in sales training, sales tools, sales process, and salespeople spend next to nothing for sales leadership process, sales leadership training, and the only sales leadership tools we get are rolled up dashboards. And while it's true that companies should do more to develop the sales leaders on the team, the fact is that they don't most of the time. And that that's why I created Sales Leadership United. It's the world's largest collection of sales leadership assets and resources. And whether you're a new sales leader or one that's been leading sales teams for years, you're going to find all kinds of tools to help you create more impact with those you lead faster. You'll find it on Patreon, and it's like a Home Depot for sales leaders. You'll find video excerpts of this and all of our podcasts in three to five minute segments, all tagged and organized by topic to help you in your sales leadership journey. You're going to find my very best content, over 100 hours of sales leadership training materials, sales meeting materials, leadership and one-on-one -on -one coaching systems, and much, much more. New materials added every single week, and you're going to find everything you need to become an elite sales leader in Sales Leadership United. So don't go reinventing sales leadership. Instead, invest in yourself because you're worth it. Tap into proven training and techniques used by some of the world's most successful sales leader and head over to Sales Leadership United today. I look forward to seeing you there. I also got to thank each of you, our listeners. We have over 45,000 people downloading this show every month, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. It's mind-boggling to me that the show is being listened to by so many leaders in so many countries all around the world. And many of you have told me you're listening to every single one of the 200 episodes. And I love hearing the stories of how it's helped the show's helped you in your sales leadership journey. They fire me up and I love hearing them. So thank you because there is no show without you. I do this only because I love the sales leadership community and because I'm so grateful that many of you find this show helpful. So thank you. Your support of the show has been humbling. It's been inspiring. And I will keep bringing killer guests to you each week, just like Steve. Now, Steve and the Link Squares team has been turning a lot of heads lately. It's a company that's having some fantastic growth. But what I love the most is that they're going about it the right way. I've been trying to get Steve on the show for a long time, and he did not disappoint. Man, I love this conversation. I love his approach to sales leadership, and in particular, I love where he prioritizes coaching, development, and individual growth. And when we started the conversation, Steve came out of the, out of the gates hot. He came out hard with some really important insights. He made a statement I haven't stopped thinking about. He said, fulfillment comes in the development of people. I'm going to say that again. He said, fulfillment comes in the development of people. And then he added, legacy comes in how you train and develop. Now, notice that fulfillment and legacy didn't come from hitting record sales numbers, although Steve has most certainly done that. Legacy comes in the form of helping people become more, become better, become something that they didn't used to be, and do it faster than they would have if left on their own. So I found it fascinating when we talked about why sales leaders often only pay lip service to development. And the answer is it comes down to what you prioritize. Uh, and if you can agree that the primary role for a sales leader is the growth and development of those you lead, as Steve identified really early in this conversation, then everything else becomes fuel for that fire. This is going to change your approach to the environment that you build. This is going to change your approach to how you use your personal time and your professional time. This is going to create a different type of consistency. And ultimately, you'll understand why Steve's MO is that awesome quote that I turned into the title where he said, I don't care about being right. I only care about finding what works. And I can tell you right now, that is unusual.
If you can be a sales leader that adopts that, I don't care about being right. I only care about finding what works. There are too many sales leaders that it's too important where the ideas come from. The greatest sales leaders tap into the whole body of the team to get ideas. And I'll tell you that going into 2023, salespeople need, need leadership to help figure out what works maybe more than ever before. Our playbooks need to change. We are not in a pre-COVID world anymore. In this world that we're selling in right now, our buyers have changed. The markets around us have changed. And we need to do more than just ask for a few more calls and emails. Creativity is at a premium right now. And you 100% absolutely positively can coach this. The good news is you don't have to be a know-it-all. That's always been bad leadership. Now, more than ever, a good move is to ask, what do you think? One of my favorite conversations is along the lines of, did we do all we can do? Or is there something else we can do to make more or different or better impact? And then celebrate that creativity that most certainly will emerge. Amplify it, promote it, share it. Share the creativity even if the ideas didn't work. Because you want to celebrate the people that are coming up with creativity because creativity is what will fuel growth today. We need to be creating salespeople and sales teams that are able to create new, creative, more innovative approaches and solutions. And when Steve says that he tells people, you're going to do it better, he means it. He means it. He's looking to have a team that becomes better than him, doing more than him, gives him ideas he never had. He's building a team where people aren't just doing what they're told. They're actively involved in figuring out what's next. And as a result, he's tapping into the creativity of an entire freaking team. And that, that creates a different environment completely. So it should be no surprise that Link Squares is doing well because they built an environment where everyone from the most senior, most tenured, most experienced, most successful reps, all the way to the newest, uh, the newest to sales, newest to the company, newest to the industry, and everyone in between, they're all actively growing. They're actively becoming. They're finding ways to contribute in ways that are not just the revenue. They're contributing in what does it take to work? How do we become better? What's something we haven't thought of before? He's tapping into their creativity. And he and his sales leadership team are authentic in their desire to fuel growth. And this is a big deal because the first sale that has to happen must happen in the heart of the salesperson. And sometimes that can come and go. We have times where we're strong and weak in our belief or, or where we stand with the company. So tapping into, into that is a big deal. So my advice to you is to take a page out of Steve's leadership blueprint because he understands that consistency and leadership and helping people grow and become will fuel consistency in how the team helps link squares grow and achieve. And, and what, he, what he's found and what he shared with us is that this will create consistency. And my experience has been consistency is one of the hallmarks of the elite sales leaders. So this week, take a look at your approach to development. Where do you prioritize it? Does your calendar say that what you prioritize is people? Or does your calendar say and how you use your time say you prioritize something else? Really important thing for you to do. 
And then I'd suggest you huddle up with your sales leaders and revisit how you're creating an environment where creativity can thrive. Encourage them to give this episode with Steve a listen. And head to Sales Leadership United if you want to see any of these clips from today's episode in video so you can use them with your sales leadership team. Steve will help your whole team get better if you can adopt some of these things that he talked about today. But make sure if you do one thing, it's recommit to helping those you lead become more than you were faster. And if you prioritize their growth and development, you'll find your team accomplishing more than you might have ever thought possible. So Steve, thanks so much for joining me. I freaking love what you're doing at Link Squares. I encourage each of our listeners to listen to this episode a couple of times and take notes. Break it down. There's a fantastic blueprint here to help you find fulfillment, success, and legacy. And if you haven't connected with Steve, be sure to do so. Take my advice and follow his content. He is a great follow. Just today, he was talking today about one of their top performers. He was celebrating him, talking about the rareness of the accomplishments from these people. Uh, you could learn a lot by watching how he uses social media for sure. Regardless of what you what where you are, you're going to find a fantastic blueprint. Uh, in what Steve's done. Okay. So he's the real deal. You're going to see him sh consistently sharing insights and strength about the growth of his team. Uh, you're going to see his authenticity uh, in his focus on those he leads. And for those of you AEs, if, if you're looking for your next stop in your sales career, my advice, keep your eye, keep your eye on link squares. Finally, I want to thank each of you, our listeners. Um, if you like this episode, do us a solid and give us a five-star review on iTunes because it goes a long way in helping me continue to get the best guests in the world on our show. Many of you have asked how you can support the show, and you can do it two ways. The first is to check out Sales Leadership United. For the cost of lunch, you can make an investment in yourself that will be a game changer. Uh, we'll give you access to sales leadership assets that you won't find any other place. But the easiest way you can support us is to share this episode with your friends and colleagues. Share the show with someone who needs to hear it, and then be elite. Live strong, chase your passions, and don't worry, just execute, because we got you. Thank you so much for joining the Sales Leadership Podcast, the award-winning sales leadership podcast for those sales leaders looking to create legendary impact to those they lead. The greatest compliment you can give is to share this show and any of your favorite episodes with your fellow sales leaders, social media followers, or other communities you're part of. The Sales Leadership Podcast is brought to you by the Jepson Performance Group. If you want to discuss any of the topics discussed on the show, want to level up your leadership impact, discuss executive coaching services, or even include me at an upcoming event, hit me up at rob at jetpg.com. That's rob at jeppg.com. And to those of you working to become a legendary sales leader, I salute you and wish you much success on your journey. Whenever you need someone in your corner, you know where to find me.